nobody cares. But oh, tomorrow they will, they will. They said my future was dark. See me now. Just look around. I'm beaming. We used to talk when I went around. See me now, I get my energy from my energy. I be in outer space, but I got inner peace. So tell my enemies that they can't injure me. I know that irritates. You have my sympathies. Well, you should protest. Yeah, you should pick at me. I'm on a losing strike. Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of the Seminar Files. Tavian and Shug, what's happening? I just never know what's going to happen when you open your mouth. Like, I'm always <laughs> like, I don't know what this intro is going to sound like, <laughs> what you're going to Why are you coming well, for her? First of all, you told me I can't sing no more, which I still feel some type of way about. Really? Is that what we doing? I, yeah, no, you're, you're out. You outvoted on that one. Like, mm-mm. no, yeah, that's <laughs> still be dope. But I don't know. Anyway, I'm I'm doing okay today. I'm doing okay I'm today. Fantastic. And Shook, how are you doing? In well, space I mean, land? I'm always, I'm always sleepy. Oh, no. I, I heard, right? I, I heard. Oh. Um, no, it's just been a, it's been a long couple of days. Like, I did good last night. I got over seven hours of sleep last night, so I'm very proud of myself. But coming back from North Carolina this past weekend, it kind of threw my sleep schedule off. I haven't been to the grocery store like, I'm very, like, particular on my Sundays. I clean up. I go to church. I go to the grocery store. I soak in my bathtub before I get in the bed and read and all that stuff. And I wasn't able to do that this weekend, so I'm playing catch-up. So what y'all excited about today? What's going on? I'm still coming off the high that is the royalty tour for Nas and Mary J. Blige that I saw this past weekend. They oh, were in Philly. Say what? I didn't know you went to a concert. You ain't tell me nothing. Oh, I invited That's... both of you guys. You forgot yeah, you again? Yeah, you did. I like Mary J. Blige. I didn't know when the concert was. Did you say you don't like Mary J. Blige? Did you just say you don't like Not enough to see her in concert. No. Oh. The blasphemy. What? Oh, my. What? This, oh. this friendship is about to get canceled. Is oh. it? Oh. Mary? I don't, I don't From, that deep. Mary? Yeah, like Mary. Oh, Yo. Mary Oh Mary gives God. you life. Yo. Like, I can listen to her albums, but I don't think I'm going to pay to go to, she, to see Mary She Blige. gives an amazing performance. Like, Did she sing? Yeah. Yes, Heffa. Yes. Yes, Heffa. She oh. had a couple of notes that might have been off maybe once. But mm-hmm. you oh. know what? I Mm-mm. I would have paid just to see her dance. I love, love to dance. see her non dance. Yeah, the self. auntie. Oh the my god! But she lo- she looks amazing. <laughs> hey, and you know people had her pay to go see that. But yes. her, you know some people still had them high knee boots, and it is not. We are still technically in the summer. It's I just want to listen. Mary Mary can do it though. Do it, Mary, Mary. Mary can do it, but them chicks that was at the concert, they was in violation. I don't <laughs> care. Now, I had considered wearing my thighs, but I was like, no, it's not the fall. I can't do it. They sure did it. They did it. But anyway, I'm still coming off of that high. And I'm excited about 
Well, I don't know. I don't think I'm excited about it, but I am planning my birthday celebration, which I'll be doing all alone. So America, world, feel sorry for me. Oh my God. Time out. No one needs to feel sorry for you because I purposefully chose to celebrate my birthday by myself this year. That was your and choice. It was, but it was that was your the greatest birthday. Wonderful. Sometimes you need to be by yourself and do some I, self-reflection. I'm going to get a vaginal steam, so I'm excited about that. Yes. For the Yoni steam. Woohoo. Really? Are you getting it done on your trip or before your trip? I'm getting it done on my trip. Oh, maybe okay. you'll get some while you're gone. I, I hope not. That would be a one-night stand because I know nobody in Cali. Duh, what's wrong with that? Oh, too much. Do we uh, have listeners in Cali? M- moving moving Cali along. Shook Go to KB for her birthday. It will be great sweatpants <laughs> season. Are you, trying to, are you trying to sell her coochie she, over the podcast? I'm not selling it unless somebody want to give me some change. I'm not selling it, but I'm just Put her coochie out available. on the internet. I'm just saying she is available. We all available. Hey. No, no. No, but this is her birthday. She might want some birthday pants. It's my birthday, too. Oh, it is. Well, you didn't say nothing about your birthday. She talked about hers. <laughs> it, it still is what I, what I'm excited about. Okay. I'm doing a cleansing. I saw it on Married to Medicine that, uh, what's her name? What's what's the girl name that talks a lot? Dr. Jackie? No, the one Mariah? that. No, the quad? one that's getting divorced. Quad. Uh, she was getting divorced and her uh, one of the other ladies was like, you need to get a, let me take you to go get a vaginal steam. So I went and looked that shit up. I was like, what is this? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so my, my sister was like, why are you doing that again? I saw it on Married to Medicine, and I felt like, why not? So That sounds great. Yeah. yeah, actually, I was thinking about that to get, like, some bad juju out of my cooch, so. Yeah. I got to really- cleanse this last situation out. Yeah, Whoa. exactly. That part. <laughs> no, well, no, no. You try to, no. You don't need to do it because you're trying to double back. Let's not do it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. I mean, well. Moving along. What what are you excited about, Shook? Possibly doubling back? <laughs> oh, maybe so. Uh, you petty. Huh. You real petty. Huh. Where's the lie? Okay. Um, so I'm excited about what I'm really excited about was how I was just telling y'all I went to North Carolina. Ralphie El Sadiq put on an amazing show. Absolutely love him. But I got to meet little brother after the show. Slash I'm big so brother. Excited. Slash little big- brother. <laughs> I mean, well, they, they are kind of, like, husky, but, you know. Dang. They are, but they're cute. I love it. So, I didn't, the reason they? why I was excited about this is because, um, like I was telling y'all, they broke up for, like, almost a decade. So, um, how did this happen? It was just, like, very random. Like, I saw Big Pooh off on the side of the stage talking to some guy, and it turns out that it was his roommate from college. So, he let them back behind the stage and i just snuck in behind them like i was part of the crew are you and, serious uh, i'm are so you serious for real? yeah i did well were you high he was, no i wasn't high this is hey i make shit happen okay but this is what happened but you so can't make was, shit else happen when we need you to make some shit happen hey i got them tickets so shut up you did. anyway you did. Why, you thank you i yeah so it was the roommate um, one of his friends and I was just happened to be right there. So he was like, yeah, I got them. So I was like, okay, he got us. So I walked back there. It was cool. Had the chance to talk to Fonte for a little bit and pulled him off to the side. So my friends could take a picture. And that was all I wanted. I wasn't on no groupie shit. I just wanted a picture. And that was it. So you ain't grab his dick. He 
is married. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> I don't know these people. I don't know who Little Brother is. You will if you heard of him. Like So it's Fonte Coleman. I don't know if you know of the Foreign Exchange. I know Foreign she Exchange. She doesn't. Oh yeah. Um, so excuse me. Our tail duck put me on a foreign exchange years ago. Thank you. So okay. that's that's Fonte. So Fonte is the like the rapper singer in the foreign exchange. So that's him. And then Big Pooh is the other half of who's now a duo. And the producer was Ninth Wonder, but he's no longer a part of the group. Oh, Ninth Wonder, like that. That's with what's her name? Rhapsody. Rhapsody? Yeah. Yo, that mm-hmm. album is so fucking fire. It's so fire. The Have entire album, though, from Have like you seen Nina. The new video? No, I ain't seen no videos. I'm just talking about the this the the songs. Yeah, just totally like, dope. Anyway, that's honorable. See, I mention. hope she gets a yeah. I hope she gets a, a Grammy nom for for this one because she really did it with that album. She so. did that. What are you excited Elle, about? What Elle? are you excited about? <laughs> I'm excited about a lot, actually. Please don't um, list them all. Don't do what? Don't list them all. Oh. I'm not. I should. Bama. <laughs> In any event. I take offense to that term. Let's not do it. Sorry, I've been in D.C. too long. You damn sure so, have. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So, well, I'm going to say what I was excited about yesterday, but then also what I took some type of way about. Well, y'all let me know if I should feel some type of way. So, in any event, you know, I went to go see or went to the album listening party for Zoe because he released his new album, which I downloaded. I've been listening to. It's great. And I decided to take myself out on a date. Um, Brian ended up meeting me there like later and she and I hung out or whatever. But initially, I took myself out. I had two glasses of sangria. I bought myself dinner. It was great. So in any event, Zoe is introducing his album. And his birthday is like at midnight. His birthday's today. So he says, you know, buy the album, download the album, and get me a drink for my birthday. So it's like, oh, this is great because the venue is very small. Who said this? The artist. Oh. Yeah, no. so he, he works with the Foreign Exchange. Yeah, yeah he, he works with Foreign Exchange and all yes. of them. And mm-hmm. he sings with Carmen Rogers. Mm-hmm. He actually performs with Deborah Bond a lot at the wine bar that I went to last night for the listening party. So in any event, I told the bartender, like, I ordered my second drink. I was like, get Zoe, like, whatever he wants. Because I'm thinking at least he'll come over and say thanks, some type of acknowledgement, right? Nothing. Not a thing. And even as we walked out of the bar when we were leaving, I walked right past him. Nothing. So either one or two things happened. One, I'm wondering, well, did the bartender tell him that I'm the person that bought the drink for him? Or is he, like, just rude as fuck? Hmm. I would probably go with the, the latter. But either way, I feel like you didn't play that off. Like, if you were going to buy him a drink, just be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to buy you a drink. Like, let it be known I'm buying you a drink. But, he, but the thing was, he was, like at, the, like, at the other end of the bar, like, near the DJ booth, when he made, like, his little announcement and got on the mic. And then I thought about, like, going up to him and, like, saying something and introducing myself. But I didn't. But, you know, such well, life. Well, that will teach you not to buy another drink for another man. Story. 
true fucking story. I keep story. telling y'all, help us to stop being these millennial BITs. I was trying to write because it was his birthday. Uh, fuck out of here. He's not providing D-I-C-K. I mean, well, you never know. He might have been. Exactly. I don't think he could have worked up to that. He could have got some birthday pussy. I mean, all right. Just saying. So, Shug, speaking of sangria and drinks and birthdays and whatnot, what's the drink of the day? Um, Well, because I wasn't prepared for that, it's water. We're drinking water. No, no. We're drinking we're we, drinking this good deer park right now. Stop. Okay. We've already taken a, a break. So <laughs> our guest is coming up and I'm serving a red blend. So I'll take okay. over in that area. Thank you All very right, much. Good. So we'll be to- you, we'll be sipping on that shortly. Thank you. All right. I'm sipping I on this deer park. Actually, I should have fixed some crown earlier because I'm not feeling, I wasn't feeling great. It's been a long day. So, Shug, what's happening in the news? Well, first of all, did y'all used to use Afro Sheen growing up? Of course. I did. KB used Afro Sheen? Just let your soul Okay, yes. That's not the same, but it just makes me think about it. Yes, of course. Ultra Sheen, all of that, yeah. So, Joan Johnson, who co-founded Johnson, the company that made Afro Sheen, she passed away. Yeah, I heard that, what, earlier this week? But I was like, oh, I didn't know that she was the woman behind the brand. But she she lived a long life, so she was, what, 89? Yes, that's correct. She was blessed then. She was. Like, she and her husband founded Johnson Products Company. And here's a fun fact that I didn't know until after the news came out. They started the Johnson Products Company in Chicago mm-hmm. with $250 and turned it into a multi-million dollar Whoa. company. And they were the first black-owned company to be traded on the American Stock Exchange. That's crazy. All right. That's so, amazing. Yep. But I was very sad to hear of, of her passing. But But speaking of... I think, like, powerful women and women who are just phenomenal. Well, maybe not phenomenal. I might be going on a stretch here. But you all watch or saw the movie Crazy Rich Asians, right? Nope. I started it. Oh, my God. That movie is fucking hilarious. I have it on my DVR. I just haven't watched it yet. You need to watch it. KB, you need to watch it, too. But apparently it was a book or a series of books. Yeah, it's a series of books. I think it's three. Yes. So they're mm-hmm. also supposed to be doing three movies. Mm-hmm. So the sequel, they had a female Asian writer and a white man who were writing, who they were both writing the sequel. They were both writers. However, apparently the Asian woman, her salary was one eighth of what her white male counterpart was making. So she left because she was not getting equal pay. As she should have. But I was like, one eighth is such a small. As she should have. I mean, truthfully, I'm not surprised by that. The freaking wage gap, like that, that shit is real. You know what I'm saying? When I announced during the live show that I got a pay increase, I got a freaking 12% pay increase because HR was going through people's salaries and it was like, you know, they realized that they needed to give me. A bump because they just they were not paying me what I should have been making right and honestly with my current job even though I'm very happy I just got 
a raise. But I have a coworker. He and I are the same age. We probably have the same amount of work experience, although he's worked with our district longer. He makes considerably more than I do. And even when, like, I reached out to HR, especially after I graduated, you know, with my master's, and I was trying to at least see if I could get a raise due to my education, they were like, oh, due to your contract you don't qualify see so like that that's how they get you exactly so that and multiple reasons why i'm looking for a promotion which i'm sure we'll talk about later with our guest so obviously this writer is an intelligent woman correct she's talented she's smart but i wonder if she has the issues that well at least me i want to put y'all on front street have where we somehow end up in toxic relationships or with toxic partners because i think we're highly intelligent and high performing on our jobs correct yeah yeah but we somehow end up with these like loser bad guys and mm-hmm. right relationships call a thing a thing exactly come on ayanla yes I love Elanya. It's Elanya. What? Can we get our name right, though? Exactly. <laughs> Ain't you, no exactly. Before we talk about you. Oh. <laughs> I was no. like, what the hell you just call us? <laughs> Wait, it's not Elanya? What? Oh, I know. oh, my God. You know what? Shoot, you, like, super extra on the laugh. Like, your laugh is is going overboard right now. And I don't think it's that funny. Like, I got a guest in the room, and she not really laughing. So, I just know that it's not that funny. No, she laughs. She trying to be polite because she's your friend. But, yeah, you you killed that lady's name. Bitch, I kill you. (laughs) I'm an African queen. I'm an African queen. I'll kill you. (laughs) Moving right along. Her name is Iyanla. Whatever, Miss oh Miss B. I'm calling but her Miss. You want her to fix your life, but you can't. Ooh, say I do want her to fix my life. I, I do. She live in Maryland. Like I'm about to look her up for real. I want her to fix my life, like for real, for real. She so, but, going, but going back to this article that was in Business Insider, like the main highlights that the article talks about are: it may seem like every high-powered woman you know is dating someone toxic. But successful women don't actually have lower standards when it comes to relationships. Instead, research shows that their driven nature attracts toxic partners and means that they're used to working hard. Ain't that the goddamn truth? Mm. Talk satisfying sex into the mix, which builds chemistry, and an unhealthy relationship can quickly become a toxic one. Agreed. KB? I lo- I'm lost. Why? Why? What? What did they say? <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, so, basically, the article is saying that high-powered, it seems like every high-powered woman you know is dating someone toxic, but successful women don't actually have lower standards when it comes to relationships, but it's saying that because we're used to working hard, that we somehow, in oh, and we have satisfying sex with these people, that mm-hmm. it's a a bad partner turns into a toxic relationship. So here's what I've noticed in, in my work environment. Those high-powered women aren't necessarily with loser guys. Now, I have seen more from colonizers where their husbands are staying at home, which I thought was really amazing. Really? Uh, yeah, they like, got stay-at-home husbands. Like, for real, no, for real. We, we not doing that. I know, but that's what they're doing. But no, I, they're, no, not, no. they're not marrying low. 
Now, what we might be doing, I think we might be doing that. Well, I don't know if we're marrying. We might just be playing around and dating. Because you know what I recently sat down and thought about? As I prepare mm-hmm. for my vaginal steam. Lord. Look at, I support all of these things. <laughs> Thank you, Lydia. <laughs> I support Wait, vaginal steaming, yoni pearls, uh, menstrual cups. Together? I got yeah. yoni pearls. No. Oh, yeah. You, you take them and you, you stick them in the... I thought about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know how it really tighten, works. They tighten the muscle. Mm-hmm. Oh. My shit's mm-hmm. so tight. I, I can't even fuck some people. But anyway, <laughs> so listen. Yeah. I ain't have vaginal baby. But listen. So here's the thing. So... What I think I've realized is that I've been kind of dating down. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I have. Like You have. <laughs> Your well, friends will be the ones well, to be honest with you. Yes, I, I guess it's confirmed. <laughs> um, I, I suspected it. But I was just like, wow, you know, if I think about what I feel like what equally yoked is, I don't really think I've hit that since, like, not. I've never hit it. No, I have. I have with one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but not equally yoked in that we weren't spiritually connected. Right. So then take me the next step. Cause I think equally yoked is used often. So I'm always wondering what your interpretation is. So I originally, no, not always. I, I, I always look at equally yoked as not just financial of being on the same financial level or similar within the same range. I also think about it from a, a Christianity standpoint of, believing in God and also principles, principles mm-hmm. of life and how right. we raise our children and what our beliefs are. They need to be somewhat similar. They don't have to be exactly the same, but they need to be somewhat similar. So we both believe in, you know, spanking our kid. We both believe in having conversations and talking things through. We both believe that life is limitless. Like you can do anything that you really want to do. Like those kind of beliefs. I think it's a belief component. There's a spiritual component, but then there's a financial component. So that's kind of how I look at equally. And if I look at that entirety, no, I have not dated anybody since my ex-husband that is quote unquote equally yoked with me. I've had people who have had certain parts, whether it be the financial side, be similar to me, but maybe not spiritual. So, mm. yes, I can see how that article can come out, but I think that we should also differentiate a person who is dating versus who you actually marry, because I think it's totally different. You'll got him bullshit with a whole bunch of people, but who you right. actually going to walk down that aisle with might be something totally different. I think... I think oh, look, we, you hear someone speaking. Yes. yes. <laughs> Wait, so let's just take a pause for the calls. I'm actually going to introduce her because you, you hear her talking. So, welcome, Leah. Thank you. Appreciate it, KB. <laughs> Thank you. This is Leah Murphy. She is a blogger, capacity builder, and career coach located here in the beautiful city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. You guys now know, oh, you know what, Shug? I didn't need the little facial expression. I'm finishing, extra. I'm finishing my intro. Ahead. Thank you. Okay, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where she hails from as well. She has spent 15 years in corporate America, honing her skills as a thought leader and coach while molding the careers of people in academia and Fortune 500 companies. In 2018, she started the advice blog Gems for the Journey as a passion project for sharing lessons learned from someone who is still very much on a learning journey herself. Leah believes the intentional actions that invest in people first and process second will lead to exceptional outcomes. This has been proven time and time again in her 10 plus years of capacity building and coaching. 
Leah is a natural connector who applies a combination of logic, empathy, and passion to each cultivated coaching experience to what she calls the three E's, equipped clients with confidence and tools, empower individuals to seek purpose and results, and endeavor the level, the field, in serving women and people of color. So we are going to now welcome Leah Murphy. Clap track. Yes. Um, so wait, let's get back into it. So what 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 were you gonna we're gonna then we're gonna talk a little bit more, but I would definitely wanna hear what you have to say. So when you mentioned equally yoked, I had never even factored in a financial component of each equally really? yoked. I had never mm-hmm. known. And I'll tell you that my priorities were really like defined from a spiritual mm-hmm. and a values. Yes. Which mm-hmm. was equally yoked because yeah. I feel like everything else can be solved if we're aligned spiritually and our values. I can see now that. I, I mean, I guess I don't know what the categorization is, but I would consider myself a high-powered woman in mm-hmm. theory, right? My background has given me a lot of opportunity, which makes me grateful to be compensated appropriately. <laughs> but I made that decision for what my career was going to be well before I was defining who I was going to marry. So that came later in my process. So I think... Um, I always knew that I was going to be in a position where my career was going to flourish because of what, you know, that's how I came to coaching, right? I was committed to a consistent process that was going to deliver the results. Um, but in relationships, I was more just trying to be patient and God was going to bring me somebody because yeah. I was going to focus on what I needed to do and they were going to come and find me. That's it. So, right. But it was really that values. Like, can I, can I trust you? Do I believe what you say? You know, how do you treat your family? How do you treat your loved ones, the people around you? That was more of a driver for me for who I would be able to connect to and permanently link myself to how much money they made and those kinds of things it comes up in discussion but it certainly wasn't a driver now what I wouldn't do is marry someone with no ambition what Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do is marry someone with no drive or no goals because then that's when things start to get complicated but how much money you make I always knew that I would be able to support myself and I assumed that they would always be able to do the same and with as someone who doesn't necessarily have a lot of passion for things how much money they made kind of came at a at a later date and i'll tell you like candidly without you know putting my entire business in the street but from where my husband was when we met versus where he is today is you know a night and day difference right he's he has grown tremendously since then so if i would have based it off of what he was making then we would have never got past the first date but he had the potential but let me say that right Potential and ambition, right? Ambition. But can I also say another thing? I'm sorry. I think age has to go into that also. That's true. Mm Because aren't we all around the same age, if I'm guessing? And I've been married 10 years. So we got married when we were still, you know, pretty much children as far as we're concerned. um, Mm -hmm. And hadn't really flourished in our careers. We were all very, very much just starting out. Um, Right. But I I think your point around potential, there is potential, but are you prepared to do the work? So that's what you, mm. you mentioned earlier. We're used to working hard. And that person is, um, whoever you choose to marry will forever be your first ministry project, number one subject, right? That's your obligation to them and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I think conceptually, it's, it has to be somebody who's worthy of the work and who is willing to do the same for you. I think that reciprocation is what I am always looking for because, you know, we give so much as women, as as mothers, as daughters, as friends. You want to make sure that your partner is at least reciprocal so that you're not completely drained all the time. Somebody else is feeding and, and lifting you up. I think that ambition piece is important, right? But I also also think about the action. 
So I feel like some people have great values, like they have great intentions. Okay. Oh my God, you speak to them, they have all these plans, but you don't see shit come to fruition. Mm. Like I can't do nothing with that at this point. Mm-hmm. Like that might have been a project when I was twenty four, mm-hmm. and I don't even know it was a project at twenty four because I don't think I've ever been into projects. I just I don't think I was. I got married at twenty five, so I was like young mm-hmm. and you know whatever. But I don't think I ever was into projects. But again. At 37, I can't come here talking about you still trying to get these things together. I don't know what to tell you, sir. I don't know what to tell you. But that's why I say I feel like we date at a certain level, but you're going to pick who you marry and, and, and of course, align with God and ensure that that's somebody he brought you. Um, and that's not nothing you trying to pick mm-hmm. and, and right. make happen, right? Because <laughs> we, we don't see what, hap- what happened when that happens. But Child. <laughs> Wait, sure, what? Child. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I think that's an interesting article to kind of touch on those things. Because if we actually look back, like, can you really say that you, quote unquote, are dating on your level? Like, right. do you guys think y'all have been dating on your level? Hell no. Nope. Um, I, well, so I seem like you have. That, hell oh, no. Oh, you haven't? I was on oh, did you know no, at the time so, that you weren't? Like, when you started kicking it, were you like, so, man, I'm fooling around? Or did you realize it, hindsight being 2020? So, my thing is, I have a tendency to attract, like, more narcissists. Like, I, I attract people who play on, like, my empathy and they come off as like these great guys and really good partners. And then it's like after you're so far in, you find out who they're really not, who they present themselves to be. Like they, they're cheaters. They're not good with money. They have like multiple people that they're dealing with. I also found out one dude had a whole kid. So it's just like they're not who, who they appear to be at first. And it's like you really didn't have to to go through all that. So you just wasted my time for what? Because at the end of the day, it's like, I don't really know you. I don't know the real you, but I don't find that out until after I've invested all of this time. And it's just like, well, that was a waste. So starting over yet again, moving on. But, you know. I think the older people get, though, the better they are at masking. Mm. When you were young, right, it was kind of like you didn't even recognize that you were a trash human being. So you just, you know, you were what you were. But now as you get older and there's all of this positioning and posturing, Mm -hmm. you know, people can get better at hiding and lying. That's (laughs) that's that's the crazy part. That's the word. That's the word. Because you've had many years, right, of practice. My whole thing with that is that I tell people up front, like, if this is just fun, then let's just have fun you know what i'm saying like let's set the expectation up front so all of that extra foolishness that you're doing you don't even have to go through all that boo like i was in my whole phase when i met you we could just been hoeing oh oh you know what because this is i'd love to hear your feedback on y'all's thoughts on this so i have so much respect for men who are honest about where yes. their priorities are. I agree. I don't yes. have any okay issue mm-hmm. if you say, listen, you know, I'm I travel often and I'm, you know, uh-huh. I know some I'm close to people in different parts of the world or country, that yep. that transparency then gives me the ability to yes. make the best decision you. for me. Yes. Um, right. And I've been out of the dating game for a long time, but even still, it's like 
all you got to do is be honest. You're a real G if you can do it and be honest about it. Yeah. If and you got to lie and sneak and then right. you, now you're just hustling. And you people. you ain't got it like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You just hustling. You just getting over. You're a pussy. Yep. Right. You just, I'm just going to call it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Y'all men shouldn't come shit. I'll say what I want to say. <laughs> right. But I don't think men realize that if they actually were honest with us, they would get a they lot more pussy. A lot Dude, more. A lot more pussy. Sometimes that's just what we... Well, we don't want pussy. Sometimes yeah. we just we want to fuck. Right. And oh, that's, that's what it is. is. Oh. Don't... Don't I don't I don't think that men things. believe that they don't believe operate it. that way. They believe you I say it, but at the end of the yeah, I yes. same I, that you guys are emotional creatures, and when I'm really honest with you, then you then I got to deal with you crying, and I don't need all that. So I think Look, I think it's really I, about uh, priorities. It's a right. I mean, at this point in life, we are at our sexual peaks. Thank so you. and Thanks. I don't think a lot of guys understand that. So it's yeah. like. Let's let's get it popping. If that's what it is, that's just what it is. So you know what? Like what turns me on at this point in my life? A man in a three piece suit going to somebody goddamn career today. Bitch, what the word? And if it smell good, oh my god! <laughs> Listen, I can look for look at him from afar. So Oof. because I'm career driven and you career driven, we'll both have things going on. Like that shit is beautiful. But then right. you make time for each other because people do what they want to do. Absolutely. Okay. I hate, I, you know, even though we have all, we all have careers that are in the, on this call, we all do. We're all trying to reach some high heights. We have a career coach. I ain't never talked to one of y'all before. Let me just say that. Oh. Me um, either. Right. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't either. either. So, so I'm either. totally excited to hear about what you do. But I just, you know, your bio is amazing. But I just, I'm like, man, motherfucker, I should have found you some years ago. But yeah, it's like we've, we've been moving at a good pace on Same. our own. I mean, I, I compliment all of you for where you are without having had any coaching or out, or any engagement. So what you bring to the, t- what what can you yeah, do to elevate our asses? Shit, okay, let's hard. get it. <laughs> let's shit. get into it. So, wait, wait, we got the three E's and shit. I want to do something with <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, the, the gist of it is like. Every time, every coaching engagement is unique to you. It should be mm-hmm. an individual experience. Mm-hmm. There should be no, like, out of the box, okay, you go and do this. This is your plan. Move forward. Because it's specific to the industry that you're working in, yeah. to where, what tools, assets, capabilities um, you have today. And it should be, like, driven by your goals and what you want to accomplish. So your goals aren't going to shift goals. So you want to make sure that every time you have an engagement with a coach, it's tailored to you. That creates a certain... Um, superpower right so now you're like wow i have somebody who's only concerned about me and my priorities they're not concerned about the company i work for they're not concerned about the organization i'm interested in it's simply me um and that's the thing that really puts gas on fires for careers like you guys that Mm -hmm. have already developed it's a matter of i've seen organizations from a number of different angles i've sat in a variety of organizations Mm -hmm. i've sat in them from a from a strategy point from an execution point so understanding how organizations work if you want to be a part of those type of organizations i can always help you craft that and really develop a plan and strategy for you to reach your full potential and i think even for people who are very early in their career or in graduate school and just trying to figure out what that career transition looks like how do i break in who do i need to talk to what are the skill sets that these folks are looking for because the challenge that i'm seeing a lot today especially in academia is 
people are going to college without a vision for what that degree is going to bring them. Mm -hmm. They're going to school because it's the right thing to do or because their parents have encouraged them to do it. But it hasn't they haven't taken the time or no one's worked with them to say, okay, you have this now. What do the next five, 10, potential even more years look like? But for the most part, people are just working off their own ambition, right? Mm -hmm. Like grit and bear it. You know, I'm going to take some things. I'm going to take my own lumps. But working with a coach uh, gives you an opportunity to avoid some of those lumps. And it also gives you an opportunity to not only use your own skill set, but skill sets for other people, right? Because they've had a network of people that they've worked with learning that they can then apply to you and to your career. So that creates um, a real a real strategy for winning. Like what kind of people do you normally get? Have you worked with rather more people who are already in their career and they're just trying to figure out the next step, i.e. me? Or are you working with, and like who I referred to you, our friend, Mm -hmm. um, who she's kind of like that younger 20-something trying to figure it out and what's her next step? Like, are you working, do you get more of those today? For me, it it really does span because I do get a lot of clients via referrals from relationships for other people that I've coached who are further along in their career. I have a personal like soft spot for early career folks because it's like they're so young. There's so much potential. There's so much energy. They're bright. And if you could just give them some guidance and direction, they could kill it. But without that guidance and direction, they could tank their own career. They can make some critical bad decisions, some career limiting choices. They could not take opportunities that would propel them ahead of their peer set. So they're just they're at a place very early on where if they get the right direction, Direction, they could be dangerous and that's what you want you want to try to give them all the tools and and, and strategies to make them successful um, and you want them to avoid the potholes yeah and when and you you're going to hit a pothole right is you know it's natural you don't know any better yeah. so coaches help you to know a little bit better so but I also have had clients that I've worked with for 10 years right so oh. they're long in their career at you know fortune 100 companies folks that are in executive level roles now just because we met when they were very early in career right and and I was early in my coaching and I didn't even it wasn't even named at that time like it wasn't like oh I'm a career coach it was more like let's be very intentional about the way we go about the next steps Mm -hmm. um, for your career I see the potential in you you have all the capabilities because you can um, for me especially as a coach you can gauge fairly easily for somebody who has it and somebody who doesn't have it. When they and don't that, have it, do you walk away from the case? When that no, I don't I never steer away from a challenge. <laughs> I never steer away from a challenge because the challenge if they don't have it, are you willing to do the work to get it? Cuz a lot of this stuff is trained behavior. Mm-hmm. Some you know, some people just mm-hmm. naturally, you know, naturally have it. Maybe they've grown up in a family where um, they've worked in corporations or their parents or siblings or aunts and uncles were in academia. So they've gotten this guidance and didn't realize they were getting it. Yeah. But then you have other people who are who are rough around the edges, but but there, there's a certain quality that they possess that that if they really polish it and refine it, they could be in a really in a better place than they would have been with the same the same two years with that polishing and that refinement is a multiplier effect versus if you would have just stayed and not gotten the guidance and direction. Hmm. Interesting. So Leah, the question I have is going to center around like salary and salary negotiation because earlier of course we talked about the young lady who was a writer on Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy on the Rich sequel. Asians. Okay. Right, on the sequel. Um and then also we know that women and more specifically black women 
earn less than our counterparts. So is there a part of your model or your coaching where you provide tools to help your clients when it comes to salary negotiation, especially if they've been, you know, working with the company, they've been loyal, they've improved, they've had good reviews. Like how can they make sure that they are being compensated appropriately? So I always, um, I'll answer this in two parts. I always advise directly my clients if they're moving companies to implement career negotiation right at the time of offer so mm-hmm. it depends on mm-hmm. what you're looking for as a coach because sometimes it might just be I want you know I want to excel in the organization that I'm in and that's a separate group but if you're looking to make a switch um, switch organizations or you're coming out of graduate school and you're deciding you want to you know do something completely different than what you were doing before you went into graduate school um, salary negotiation is a critical intersection because there are very few times in your careers where you can basically reset what your baseline is. So does that go along? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I gotta stop because I'm excited because I just was reading something about this. So <laughs> sorry guys. Yeah. So listen, so salary negotiation. So when you say you sit down at the table, when you get the offer, are you telling them what? you would like at year one, two? Like, what does that look like exactly? Sure. So I think as you go into, let's just start here. Every offer is a negotiation. Don't ever mm-hmm. assume that what they come Every, to you with never first mm-hmm. is what you have to accept. I fucked up when I came on board. Never, oh, a, never accept the first offer. So never, never accept never the first offer. The first offer. Um, and see, see L with me. Well, it's, <laughs> I, um, I know the I world am. is with me too. I know a lot of y'all are it doing It happens too. all the time. Like you're, you are absolutely mm-hmm. not alone. It happens all the time. It's absolutely a negotiation. But I think to take it even one step further, especially for young, talented women in STEM, you check a lot of boxes for these organizations. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. just what you bring to the table, you know, degrees and certifications, which you have tons of, right? So you have a, a ton of credibility in your field. However, there are other metrics that are not um, necessarily mm-hmm. fully transparent to you that you tick some boxes for, right? We want to make sure yep. we have, you know, middle-level managers that have this many women, this many minorities, right? So once you start to understand that there are metrics that companies are being measured against, um, whether it's public or private, publicly that they're conveying to the world we measure for these things or we have metrics or objectives against it or if it's private there's still a discussion that's happening in the world today because diversity and all of the things that are happening in the ethos around inclusion and diversity you tick a lot of boxes so that comes with something you got to put some respect on that right like, put some respect on my name <laughs> so, right, put some respect on my paycheck exactly <laughs> so so coming to that and that you know part. some part you know sometimes that's not necessarily articulated but you can certainly infer right in your mm-hmm. discussions that you know I've worked or um, had offers from other organizations that prioritize diverse women in STEM for example right so you just drop the nugget on them like I'm not telling you I want more money because I'm a black woman in STEM but you know that that's what I'm telling you because mm-hmm. I'm a black woman in STEM and I'm a hot commodity and I know that because I know the market I understand what my competition looks like and I also understand because I've just been testing the market. One point of advice I'll constantly give people, even if you're happy in your organization, even if you're doing well, you're thriving, test the market consistently, whether it's every two years, whatever window you feel comfortable, whenever you update your resume, right? So please do that on a biannual basis. 
And then when you do that, take a call from a couple of recruiters, right? Somebody reaches out to you on LinkedIn, says they're interested in your profile, think there's something that they could do. Even if you're not necessarily interested in the company, it's just further data as you test the market so that if you do need to go into a negotiation internally with your you know, vice president or within your function, you have more information and context for what the market is bearing and you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Now, what I'll tell you is, it's absolutely not possible to stay at pace with the external market if you've spent a long time in your career internal to one company. Oh my God. Great, great piece. Mm-hmm. This is another thing yes. I've been reading. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me interject this one. Okay. So because we're technically millennials, I know yep. a zennial is a better characterization of us as, you know, our, cuspers. Yeah. Yeah. So, but millennials, I was reading some articles around millennials and jobs and how we tend to switch. And mm-hmm. I'll tell a, a quick funny story. When I first started, it was my first job out of residency. Mm-hmm. And I would go in there. I'm like my first week. And the one lady says to me, so you'll be here for about five years. That is her first comment to me. Now, they were rude. It's mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Let's be real. Shame. Uh, the shade. The shade. <laughs> it's, it's, where is the lie? So, <laughs> so she, and I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, I didn't say I was going to be here for five years. So I, I brushed it off. Lo and behold, I stayed there for five years, three months, and I know how many days. And so I was like, oh, how does she know? Like, I didn't plan it, though. Mm-hmm. Some people go in and plan. So I'm reading a lot of articles around how millennials job switch, but that also helps to fuel um, increase in pay. So do you, is that something that you actually advise or what's your thoughts? Because I'm also kind of thinking about pensions. So I've been with my current company. It'll actually be six years in November. Okay. So I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm staying in. I'm not the same position. I've been in two positions and I've been in my current role for three years. So I'm definitely getting the itch to go. Okay. So I was in my first position for two and a half years. So I'm trying to figure out, is that a route that I should really be considering as far as switching to another company? And it may be coming back to this company because the company is a really good company, but maybe I can increase my salary because I I, I don't think I started off it the right way. Mm -hmm. But anyway, what are your thoughts? Okay. So I think it really depends on, it goes back to priorities, right? So I can talk about your specific example. Um, This blanket advice would not apply to everybody um, that is probably listening to your podcast because I know you guys have a broad, broad audience. So... Number one, yes. If you did not negotiate your salary coming in to this organization that you're in now, then you are currently probably underpaid. It's safe to say. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say you can absolutely leave that organization, go somewhere else, and get paid 15% more probably or easy. Just because I understand your background, Mm -hmm. right? And I know what you do. Let me do the calculations as you talk. Which is is a calculator app, bitch. But wait, wait, it depends on what your priorities are though, right? Because um, that may require you to relocate. That may require you. So there's some concessions that could go along with taking that new, better, more ambitious opportunity. And um, career is not one linear thing. This is your entire life that you're thinking of. So Mm -hmm. if you think about that next role and and moving into an environment that is more highly compensated, it also may be more um, challenging from a work-life balance standpoint. Are you prepared to make that sacrifice in order to get that greater compensation? So I think... That's the kind of conversation that you have to have with your coach one-on-one to decide, okay, listen, I believe I need to be making more money. Let me go try to hit the streets and do it. But you have to make sure your search criteria are going to still balance out with the rest of your life. 
And I think for me, and I don't know, ladies, if you all feel the same way, I like making money, no no doubt, but I do want to be happy, and I'm currently just not happy. Okay. And, and right. you know, so it's so funny that, you know, also in these articles I'm reading about how millennials are switching jobs. We're not, we don't always feel connected, but some companies, it's evidently costs a lot of money for these companies to retrain. So, like, there's a tremendous amount of money. Billions so of dollars that are being there lost. There is a right? lot of data there. Yeah. yeah. So, I thought that was interesting. I had no clue. So, but I guess my question is, I see some of the companies are probably trying to figure out how to hold on to their talent. Right. So I'll tell you with my company, they're doing now these recreation things. I should show you the plant that I made today. That shit made me so happy. Y'all, it only took 15 minutes and I went outside and made this little stupid ass plant, but the shit made me happy. I don't know. So, um, and then I came back in and realized my situation again. But the point is. (laughs) (laughs) The, the point oh, is, for that, like, 30, 45 minutes span, I was, like, smiling, walking around the office. But I guess, I don't know why the fuck I just thought about that. I, but then I guess the question is, like, are companies trying to hold on in order to, you know, keep keep the talent, like... Smart companies are investing in retention. Okay. Smart companies are investing in I.e. this rec- recreation stuff that they're recreation. doing. Recreation. I mean, you, you'll hear there are articles all over the place where it's, there are companies who are offering to freeze women's eggs as a matter of retention. Because yes. Wait, yeah. Wait, my company does that. My right. company, I know. Really? They cover it. They cover it. One of my friends was like, yo, I need to come to your company, KB, because I need to do this IVF and, you mm-hmm. know, like, get my eggs. I need to investigate this. It, it, it's a real thing. So, like, it's engineer, I'm sure. Steve yeah. that does it. A friend of mine works for them. She just started working for them last year. Which so, company? Your company? No, my friend's company. Well, oh. the company my friend works for. Okay, Yeah. So, I mean, that's just one, right? That's one thing for that aligns to retention. Secondly, there's a ton of, you know, individual development that they will give you in order to retain you. So they may say, I'll send you to a conference every year of your choice, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to necessarily directly align to your role. But if you come back energized, inspired, ready to engage and attack these results, we'll spend, you know, $2,000 for you to go to this conference and, you know, maybe have a spa day in the midst of it. Absolutely seen it. Companies are also setting up what are called networking or um, support circles where it's like like minded people, whether it's in a function or in a location, just to create some more community. That's what we're doing, too. Oh, my God. We're doing all of all of these things. So all of these are are measures. Are y'all doing those things, too? In order to retain talent. No. (laughs) Can you show by her face? No, they're not doing it. Wait. You see, I'm I'm like, wait, where is this? That's how I went to that cult thing. That's supposed to be a development oh, opportunity. I think it's a landmark for that's, uh-huh. I feel like that's what's that missing in okay. my job. Like, I'm getting compensated what I should be now, but I feel like it's just me. I'm the only black girl in the room, and yes. that is so freaking lonely. It's yeah. so lonely. So, I mean, we can we can definitely go into that. Because <laughs> there, is, there is a certain um, expectation and yes. a certain pressure and responsibility that comes with yes. that. But right. what also comes with that is using your voice, right? Now you have a unique opportunity to represent the interests that are yours, right? To these people who literally have no other conduit into people who look like you and prioritize the things that you do. So, and often I found myself in similar situations, but what I didn't recognize then is it puts you in a position to say, I'm going to put some things on the table and I dare you to challenge me on it. Mm. If I'm telling you that this is what's necessary as a woman of color, if, if I'm 
going to be the only and I say, well, I need to go to I need to go to National Black NBA Conference annually because it helps me to build relationships internally, externally, whatever. And the company says, no, we just we can't do that. They've told you where your mm-hmm. where your priority is for them. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a couple of thousand dollars for multi-billion dollar companies if they're not willing to invest then that tells you that they're not prioritizing retaining you mm-hmm. now right. the challenge is you don't always have to wait for your company to do said things right like i i know you guys talk about taking care of yourselves and prioritizing yeah. yourselves so i would think if you're feeling that weathering effect of being the only one but you're happy in your career otherwise then um, make sure you're doing the right thing to offset that for yourself. Yeah. Your company really should do it, and you can. Um, you may have to baby step them to get there, and maybe it won't work out for you, and it work out for the person that comes up behind you. But certainly, they don't. They don't have an opinion or a point of view on it today yeah. because they've never. They don't even know. They don't understand what weathering is. They've never been the only. No, so, they haven't. They have always been a majority. Exactly. Yeah. So right. helping to educate them on it. And now, listen, I'm not telling you at all to say I need to teach you about black hair I need to teach yeah. you about you know yeah, about cookout culture I'm not, I'm not doing all that right I'm not no. doing all that but to say you know if you haven't noticed CHRO or you know VP of HR I'm the only one in this organization who looks like this now I take you know a lot of pride in the work that I do my results are exceptional right all of that stuff has to be the baseline if you're not delivering exceptional results you don't have the ability to ask so I think that's that Ooh, that's be, it. That, say that Ooh, again. That's if, a you word. Not, that's right. if you do not if you do not have exceptional results, your ability to ask or make requests of your organization is nil. Mm-hmm. Right? Companies are willing to retain and invest in people who impact their bottom line positively. Right. right. So if whatever you're working on is a critical project and it's delivering X amount of million dollars back to the business or you delivered savings or you sought out new business, whatever your role is at the starting point before you decide what you want to do and how you want to do it. Am I clear on what I'm accountable for? Number one. And once I'm clear on what I'm accountable for, am I crushing it every day? If you're crushing it every day, then there's no debate that the organization wants to retain you because you're making money for them, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what they care about. So for all the money you make for them, they're willing, typically high-performing, well-thought-of organizations that are actually invested in people will then invest to retain you because you made a point earlier. There is definitely the cost of um, sourcing new talent, right? So now you're hiring a recruiter or an outside firm. You're pounding the pavement. You're making phone calls. Those are hours that someone's spending in order to bring somebody on. And that takes, that could take weeks. That could take months. So that role is vacant for that time. You're losing all of the performance that would have been if somebody would have been in that role, yeah. not to mention somebody's sources. So there's all kinds of money that's being lost while that role is empty. So it makes more sense logically for them to keep someone in the role than it does for them to let someone walk out for a nominal amount of money versus doing all of those exercises to bring somebody else new into the organization. There's a there's a clear equation for that where companies that are making making those kinds of decisions and doing it right are focusing on retention. So Leah, I'm probably a little different than everyone else. Cause I left corporate America five years ago and moved into education. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that you brought up earlier about your performance. So I spent two days this week at the 
White House initiative on HBCU conference. And my principal allowed me to do that because of certain events that I have started since I've been at my school. So in any event, I like debriefed him today about what happened or what I did while I was there. And one of the last things he said to me when I finished was, he's like, well, did anybody offer you a job? So because he, and he has said that on multiple occasions because I feel like he's afraid of losing me. However, which I also just graduated with my master's in May, but also he knows that I have aspirations to be promoted. But because one, I'm in a union and two, we go by a contract, like it's hard for me to negotiate a pay raise like I probably would if I were like in the private sector. So for people who are unionized to you know, whose salaries are based on contracts, like what could they do, if anything, to ensure that they are being compensated and not just, you know, in a paycheck, if there are other ways that they can be compensated appropriately for their work by their employer. So that is a really unique circumstance that you were in corporate and then moved into a to a union environment. Um, not mm-hmm. not unique in the sense that it hasn't been done before, but it's unique and you've seen both sides. So now yes. you understand that in other parts of working class that people are being compensated differentially. Um, right. I do think there are non-monetary incentives that organizations can give you, and those can be a wide variety. It really depends on, again, what your priorities are. So without knowing all of that, it could be simple things like paying for additional graduate school courses. It could be mm-hmm. things like, you can go even simpler. It could be things like, I want a parking spot. It could be things like, I want... Um, a certain amount of commitment for certifications or offsite training and development opportunities so that I'm constantly learning and growing. It could be them helping you to facilitate getting on a board of a nonprofit and supporting you on that nonprofit board. Um, so a variety of things that all, that give you development that are resume builders for you, they're non-monetary compensation, but it is something that if properly um packaged to your organization you can position Mm -hmm. it as these are assets that i am asking you to provide for me in lieu of monetary compensation oh that's great thank you i'm gonna use some of those sure so i think i mean you can go a little bit deeper and talk about maybe there are events that you want to be a speaker at so sometimes they would have to sponsor an event so that you could be the um, the keynote at the event. So those are all kinds of things that if you think about it, get creative, right? Like go down a list and start to develop in your mind what your priorities are and how you want to see yourself grow. And then come to them with a fully baked plan, right? I'd like to do this in 2019. I'd like to do this in 2020. I'd like to do this in 2021. And maybe they'll say no to one or two of them. But they're not going to say no to everything. And some of the stuff they're not even going to be aware of. Like we didn't know it existed or, you know, we didn't realize this was a priority for you. So you may just be educating them on it at that time but there's always a budget in the background to retain people like you if your principal is saying you know did anybody offer you a job he's fully prepared for one day for you to say yes right so true story right he's prepared eventually <laughs> the question, she's preparing too yeah eventually yes, yes, you have to say yeah she i is. absolutely got an offer it's the offer it's the job of my dreams and you know i i have to take it thank you for all that you've done but in the meantime you can 
be clear to him, like, I'm committed to this organization because I want to see it be successful. I want to see the students be successful. That's why I came into education. However, I need to flourish in the meantime. Oh, you should have came back with that. <laughs> Dang. Then he already knows. So listen. No, so- you got to say it. Don't so you got to say it? Part, part of it is part of it is being explicit in your ass, but the other right. part of it is coming with a fully baked plan. Okay, They're not going to go off and say, how. what can we do to retain you? Typically, in education, that's a tougher spot. I mean, not in education, sorry. In union roles, that's a tougher yeah. spot. But if you give them something, give them a plan to work towards, they will then negotiate with you around the how to go about getting some of those right. things done. So can I say this? Cause, and I know we could be here all day. I know we have to wrap this up soon. Okay. But what I will say, like in the myriad of things that have been added on to my job description since I've started working at my school, I started teaching African-American history two years ago and I never was officially compensated for it. You know, outside of my like regular raise or what have you. Yeah, sure. I see your face. So I'm like, wait, what? That part. Okay. So, I, so basically, I really had to have a conversation with my principal last year when I knew the budget was coming up because that's the other thing. Like, principals have to, you know, plan their budget for the school year during the previous spring, and honestly, it starts in the winter. But in any event, because he couldn't do it out of the school budget. The school couldn't pay for it because of my role, I guess, if you will, because of what I do. He ended up working it out with our homeschool association, which is basically like our PTA, to pay me like an adjunct professor. Like we do the adjunct professors for other classes. So we found a way, you know, to be creative to compensate me for the extra work that I'm doing. So, I mean, I applaud you, right, for first approaching him to ask, I'm willing to do the work. How do you see this compensation process happening? Because this seems, it sounds like it might have been a mid-year decision. Budgets were already locked. Uh, So I applaud you for asking the question. And it sounds like there are probably a multitude of other creative solutions that they can come up with um, in order to get you some of these other development opportunities. And what I'll say about these other development opportunities are because they're non-monetary, other people might not be able to appreciate the value it creates. But when right. you have a true career path and you're working with a coach to develop your strategies, mm-hmm. you see how those can be accelerators, right? Like those are catalysts for you to get to whatever organization you're looking at in your three to five year plan. Because the mm-hmm. goal of developing a real career plan is to build competencies that then allow you to get to your end destination. So you have to have, you know, if if strategy development or negotiation are things that you're going to need in your five-year career, right, when you get to the destination, getting them now allows you to then be able to speak to it in the future. So it's never, none of that stuff is time sensitive, right? If I need to have this capability or this competency, if I develop it now or I develop it four years from now, I still need it. So only you can determine the value because you're the one who owns your career plan and strategy. I have have one more question to end on. I think this is a great question because you hear about networking. How important is networking into this whole... A lot! Yes. But but you hear this... I don't do it. Yeah, I don't do it either. I have such a problem. But listen, you know, you hear this thing. There's this... I don't know how correct it is. It's this, this percentage of how much really good work you actually need to produce versus how much 
it is about networking and the networking bucket is way higher than the work, the real work, you know, bucket. Mm-hmm. What is that about? Okay. Like, why? So, is that really true? Yeah. I keep hearing it's true. So personally, I w- if y'all were all here, I would smack your hands. The fact that networking makes you cringe have this kind of reaction. Oh yes. my god! No, <laughs> no. I I'm saying I have networked the past two days at this conference I was at one, but also two the reason why you I you talking about you network one time and you want kudos. No, Ooh. first of all, I network all the time. Number one. That's okay, not so me, so Sugar and I are the ones with the problem. Sugar and I are the ones with the problem. So I'll be quiet. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me touch on a couple of things. Hey, wait, we're both the st- I want you to notice that we're both the STEM people that have the problem with networking, which is about right, correct. Yes. We're like the science, like it I want to go in a lab and I don't want to talk to anybody. I okay. don't want to talk. Yep. I, I think you have to like, have it's in our in our little DNA of how we think. Yeah. So how we we have results by grades. You, this is what we've been taught. You do. So so <laughs> I'll tell you, I can empathize with you because I came from STEM and yes. right. So all of your performance is measured on aptitude and capability, right? Yeah. Not necessarily yes. measured on relationships. So it does begin to get grayer as you elevate in your career and you move away from the desktop lab work and you elevate in your Mm -hmm. career those things become less of a priority those like very intense technical skills become less of a priority and the focus then is more on how can you influence how do you bring people together around an idea how can you bring resources into the organization that allows you to then invest so, oh my god! I just want to pause real quick. I just want to say y'all getting some free good ass information tonight. I just want to. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so I think that as you're thinking about the way you want to have a career, you, there's always two paths that you can go. Highly technical, and this is not just like technical as far as STEM, but if you want to develop a career where you're a subject matter expert in one particular area, then you know you can keep your head down and focus more so um, because the idea is we're paying for for your brain on this very narrow set of things. Mm. What that does is it puts you at risk to be pigeonholed. So should you choose at some True. point to say, okay, well, I want to do something different. They've already, the organization has already said, but I need you to stay here. It's our advantage mm-hmm. for you to continue to, to do that, right? That's what, that's so when you do and you put your head down and you nail it, people are like, oh man, I really need KB to be right here. When I have this question, I need her to be here. So I can't let her be there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give her an opportunity to take this unique opportunity overseas or you know in a different location that would allow her to grow and flourish and develop in a new way. So the company is not incentivized to give you those opportunities. Damn, that's what's happening. So then you have to fight mm. tooth and nail. Now you got to convince people Shit. that this is not all I can do. Don't write me off. Don't put me in a box. This is not all I can do. So if you, the other path, so the one is highly technical subject matter expert, narrowly focused. The other path is probably more of a generalist. So you start off in a function where you get a deep subject matter expertise. And in the midst of that, you've gained significant results for the organization. You've crushed your objectives, but you've also been able to 
navigate cross-functionally. You've been able to develop a reputation for leading teams. You've been able to develop a reputation for, for solving complex problems that aren't in your specific area of discipline. And that direction is where the networking comes from because when you're working more cross-functionally and not in a lab and you do have to communicate with other people, that's where people then begin to recognize you for your broader skill set, which um, could be any variety of things. And, you know, without knowing everybody's specific career path or what they're working through, there are more opportunities that come if you do have these lofty goals of being in executive levels or being in the C-suite. Being a subject matter a technical expert, often those people you don't see them in the C-suite. Mm-hmm. Very few CEOs do you see come from core technical functions. They typically come from more business-driven, strategy, marketing. You know, maybe they spent some time in brand. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Yeah, so, if, so, so if you look at the profile of those types of people, you got to have a range of skill sets and being a subject matter expert isn't a range so it's valuable wow and and they will compensate you for it in that in that vertical but if you're looking for breath and you're looking to have um skills that are transferable to other organizations you have to then take bring your head up and say how am I how am I compared to my peer sets for what skills they've developed in the same length of career? So I'll give you a prime example. I talk to people. And this will be <laughs> this will be yep. brief. There are people, um, or one of my um, clients started out, she is a chemical engineer and master's in chemical engineer, like you know, brilliant, talented woman, woman who's also diverse. So she started off in manufacturing and had done all types of things in, in operations for one Fortune 500 company and was lauded for it. Like the whole organization would like pause when she spoke. But at some point she she ceilinged, right? Mm-hmm. Because what mm-hmm. she hit a glass ceiling and it wasn't even her own doing and it wasn't the organization um, didn't think highly of her. It was just that you can only go so high with this specific subject matter. So she ended up having the opportunity to go out on maternity leave and kind of had some time to rethink her career and was able to come back and had a lot of sponsorship in the organization. We didn't talk about sponsorship. I know and we didn't talk about sponsorship, which are yeah. so huge. I would love an opportunity. We gotta to have talk a part too. Yeah, we gotta have. Yeah, a part we gotta. Too. Okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. She had such great sponsorship because she had developed this great credibility in her field that her sponsor was then able to say, "Listen, I know you only see her as this, but I am a hundred percent sure I can see her as this other thing." So she moved into a into a role that was more focused on quality, right? Which was where she wanted to go. But without that sponsorship, she would have ceilinged where she was and no one would have been at all concerned to say, well, let me take a chance on you. So without that mm-hmm. sponsorship, she would have been, and then she would have ended up leaving the organization. She would have been frustrated. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. She would have thought she needed to leave. Or she may have said she was toying around with it. Well, maybe I need to go get an MBA. Maybe I need to go to grad school. And oftentimes we use graduate school as a vehicle to make a career switch. Mm-hmm. Because without yep. that additional degree or without that additional time mm-hmm. in those problem-solving methodologies, Definitely. we feel like we can't make a career switch when it's it's just not so. Like, there are people who don't have MBAs that are absolutely doing whatever job it is um, that you may be interested in, but they were able to develop the skills that, that would be a parallel experience to doing an MBA. Mm. But for her, she felt like that was absolutely necessary to kind of break this confines of, you see me as only this technical individual contributor, and I see myself as a 
general manager. How do I break that paradigm? So sponsorship was the key driver for her there. Um, she may have been able to get there another way. Going to graduate school, it would have taken her longer. It would cost her a lot more money. And she would have had to do so much more work of convincing the organization that that's not all she was. So having someone who was willing to do that for you, stick their neck out and vouch for you because they knew your work quality, I mean, it's immeasurable on how much time, money, effort that saved her. Yeah, I think that's important to talk about what's the difference between mentorship versus sponsorships. Huge difference. So that's, and I'm, I'm learning that now, and I think that's one of my holding spots is that I definitely have the mentors, but I don't necessarily have the sponsors at this point. So this has been mm-hmm. an absolute great conversation. Mm-hmm. I hope you, you, ladies, did you guys take away? Like, I mean, this was like. I got a lot. She talked about gems for the journey. She dropped some gems for the journey. Uh, she did. So shout, I mean, out to I, the, shout out to the blog. Yeah, definitely. And you guys will see. Yes. Please go gemsforthejourney.blog. You guys will see a new blog drop this coming Monday. Also, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at gemsforthejourney at gmail.com. And that's G-E-M-S-F-O-R-T-H-E-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y at gmail.com. I'm offering 30-minute consultations for career for free to anybody who mentions this podcast. Yes! So, All yeah. right! Okay. Exclusive to FNF! Exclusive to FNF. If you guys, if your listeners mention this podcast, I will do a 30-minute intro with them. Get It'll be a quick and dirty version of what the broader opportunity could be. But it also helps them to know if they need to even work with a coach, right? They may think, well, I'm not sure. I don't know I don't know if it's absolutely necessary. My advice would be nine times out of 10 it is especially if you're trying to reach higher heights in your career and develop your own self-awareness career coaching helps with that in a tremendous way i didn't think i needed a career coach but i think i need one i think i need you <laughs> i mean i didn't think i needed I one i'm gonna sure refer another people no. to you like oh i'm good <laughs> No, I mean, you are. That's the thing. You but are. no, I'm not. But, uh, no, but imagine how much better you would be, right, if you that had part. somebody who was invested in seeing you be successful. That like, part. I am That's so amazing. intrinsically motivated by seeing other people win mm-hmm. that when the plan comes to full fruition and you call me and say, Lee, I got that job. I did this thing. Or I got that promotion. I got that more money. Like, literally, I'm praise dancing. I'm in my chair feeling like I just got blessed. I'm just motivated when you black and it happened. Uh, all of the oh. above. Oh. All of the above. That's no diss to anybody yeah. else. I'm so sorry. But black people need but to win. Black we just need to win. It's yeah. true. It's true. And That's I'm, true. I agree. Say that again, L. That was very nice. When somebody black win, we all win. Okay. Wait, wait, what it what it uh what's her name? I'm rooting for everybody black. Thank you. <laughs> These ladies know how to finish my sentences. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah. I mean, so, Issa uh, really solved everything Issa, with that. Issa, that's yeah. the name. So, so Issa Rain. It was yeah. perfect. Yep. So again, guys, please check her out. Leah Murphy. Hell, I'm about to check her out. Remember the code F and F when you contact her and reach out gems for the journey at gmail.com. And I know you've told us how we can listen to you and, you know, read your thoughts on the blog gems for the journey. And of course we have your email address, but please let the people know how to get up with you on Instagram. I mean, we follow you, but we want the people to follow you as well. So let us know that information. Definitely appreciate that. So you can find me on Instagram at underscore gems for the journey underscore. So that's underscore. G-E-M-S-F-O-R-T-H-E-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y underscore. And the blog is gemsforthejourney.blog. Looking forward to hearing from your listeners.
Wonderful. So y'all, please hit her up. Let her know that FNF sent you guys. So that's what's up. We will have all this information in our bio and our link and when we post this episode. So definitely reach out. She is providing all listeners a 30-minute consultation that you can continue. I'm sure for 30 free. for free. Wait, and y'all remember that commercial? Wait, y'all remember that commercial back in the for free? You remember that? Okay. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it got late. Yo, right. yo. They, they, they could have act like they had remembered though. But anyway. But why? <laughs> but why? <laughs> why? So y'all, please check out Leah Murphy. We definitely have to have you back on. We want to touch on so many things as far as what are the careers looking like in the next five to ten years? That's something I definitely want to ask you about. And just really kind of like what are the biggest mistakes maybe millennials, you know, make in career choosing, right? That is so huge. I feel like even if we could spend a little bit of time just talking about do's and don'ts. Oh, gosh. Right. Yes. But it's, it's, and it yes. has to be specific to your industry. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot There's a lot there. So yeah. I do. I would love to come back on and talk more about it. I had all to. kinds of additional notes that we didn't get to. But this dialogue was fantastic. I loved your questions. You guys are such informed, career-driven yeah. people yeah. that talking to people who just are thinking about it and just need a little bit of fuel in the car, like that's where there's so much potential that can be tapped into to launch you guys into the next stratosphere. So I'm, I'm confident that you guys will all be successful. I would love to help you get there. Awesome. So Thank y'all you. check her out. Leah Murphy, Gems for the Journey. The blog it drops a new episode. When is it? Tomorrow? Monday. Oh, Monday. Yeah, Monday. So this will probably come out on, this is going to come out on Tuesday. So okay. it would come out the day before. Perfect. So, but we'll, we'll post that on our page as well. Okay. So, um, you guys check her out. Thank you again, Leah, for coming on. And if you guys, listeners, if y'all don't make this happen and, you know, step into your next season, I don't know you what to suck. do. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Stop you fucking suck. listening. Well, to I'm well, so I'm sorry. Know, we gotta be honest. I'm just, I, well, there's a lie. Again. They have to want more for themselves. Like I want more they for myself. Put in the work. You and you know what? And it doesn't have to be a Fortune 500 company. It doesn't have to be in academia. Like you can apply these concepts in whatever you are working in. Certainly, exactly. entrepreneurs. Oh, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs who are launching businesses. Yes, I'm fucking. I'm an entrepreneur. Like these are things that we can all apply to everyday life. So y'all don't limit yourself in thinking like, oh, well, I don't work in a five. I'm not in STEM. I don't work in a Fortune 500. I'm in academia or education. Like it doesn't matter. Like no. whatever the hell you're doing, let's win. Shit. Anyway, sorry. Uh, (laughs) I I feel like we are all strong women and I feel like this is a great time for the I am woman hear me roar segment so the woman that we are highlighting today is none other than Deidre Stanley she has recently been named as the executive vice president and general counsel for the Estee Lauder companies so her she um, takes this role effective October the 28th and in this role, well, she currently worked for Thomas Reuters Corporation for 17 years. In her new role with Estee Lauder, she's going to be responsible for the company's global legal organization, including corporate strategies, reporting, compliance, risk mitigation, governance, and complex business transactions, and will lead the company's legal review of potential acquisitions. I don't know what this word is. I guess when they divest from other companies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, girl. That's it. See, come on, Leah. (laughs) (laughs) Teach me. Because I don't know. And then also another uh, highlight for Miss Stanley is that she is a member 
of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. So congrats to (laughs) Peter Stanley. We support you. Now I feel like I need to start buying SA Lauder products. I know, right? Um, Right. Let's wait till she actually gets in the job. (laughs) (laughs) That part. Let's wait till October 28th. And October 29th, I'm going to go buy some Estee Lauder from Macy's. Okay. Okay. There's also some black makeup brands, too. So as long as Estee Lauder starts to cater, hopefully she can help them cater Mm, more to a demographic that looks like us. Leah, you are just (laughs) dropping the gym. (laughs) It's all coming together. It's all coming together. It's all full circle. So again, thank you so much, Leah, for coming out and being our guest today. We very much appreciate you. Again, guys, please get in touch with Leah at gemsforthejourney at gmail.com for your free 30-minute session. And also to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at FemnoirFiles. And feel free to email us at FemnoirFiles at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. And this has been another episode of the Fem Noir Files. Bye. Do you remember me? The guy from verse one. Vey is my last name. Never's my first one. You see, I heard a lot. And yeah, I nerd some. Hoods where the heart is. Nerds where the words from. Don't represent either because I merge them. It's kids who want to lead and I encourage them. Go out and see the world. Never return from. Yeah, you don't come back unless you learn. And baby girl, what does it matter where your purse from? You heard done your nails, did ya? Spat, but you're dumb. Mix Melissa Ford with Maya Angelou. Become a top model, and Sojourner too. I try to follow this, what Muhammad do. It's such your own soul, inside the sonic you. That's why I'm Ferrari'd up, and I'm conscious too. I don't prophesize, I promise you.